Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it at rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. Uh, one person especially I know who does that. Without fail, as far as I can tell, and I'm going to give a little shout-out here. A couple of days late, but happy birthday to massive friend of the show, Todd Cunningham. Happy birthday, Todd. So you deserve that front show shout-out for sure. You always promote the show uh, by sharing, just, just sharing on the Facebook, and writing quite a bit, leaving comments on the Facebook. You are a super friend, so thank you very much, Todd Cunningham. Happy birthday. Hope it was a great one. All right. Speaking of great ones, and this is my opinion, definitely a true great one, there's definitely now a massive void in popular culture as of last week. I'm talking about the last ever broadcast that David Letterman had on television, and I think it's super sad. I mean, yeah, the everybody's time comes to where they either just want to walk away from it or, you know, they, they want to leave maybe before they start getting a little too long in the tooth. And maybe Dave did leave at the exact right time. I think he might have. Of course, you know, uh, are his shows exactly the same as they used to be? No, but, like, that's what happens with age. Everybody gets that way. So I've always been a fan of Dave ever since I've seen his show. Man, when I was, like, way too young and up too late to be watching, I was watching Dave. Like, ever since I can remember when I was, like, maybe 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old, uh, watching it on a black and white that was a hand-me-down still. So... Massive struggles back in my day, let me tell you. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen quite a bit of Dave over the years. And so I definitely, he's, I'd say he's definitely an influence as far as any kind of broadcasting, for sure. So, And the way cooler late-night talk show host, if you want to talk Letterman versus Leno, I think Letterman has it uh, a galaxy over Leno. Let's just put it this way. I mean, seriously, uh, you know, he has his last show last week. And look at the amount of amazing stars that came out for that. Uh, did Leno get that? No. No, because they, they know what he does behind the scenes at this point. So why would they? You know, no, I'm sorry if you're a Leno fan out there. You know, I'm not sorry, sorry, but you know you know what I mean. I'm not trying to, not trying to put you down. But uh, moving, let, let's get back into something more positive. David Letterman, of course. And one of the other things I, of course, loved about Dave's show, and not that it was so cutting edge as far as music goes, but he definitely had a nice long list roster of bands that have come on to play his show. I'm going all the way back to the NBC days. I mean, this guy's been on the air since, what, 1981, 1982, something like that. I had the first time Jellyfish played on television. It was on Letterman. Uh, XTC's first American television appearance was on Letterman. You know, stuff like that. So basically, as you can probably tell by now, what I'm doing on the show this week, I'm going to play you uh, 10 personal favorite David Letterman musical appearances. The audio straight from the show. Yes, I better lawyer up, right? But uh, And I know I've never done an episode like this before. You know, for a guy that preaches, you know, buy the music, pay for your stuff, don't bootleg. Well, here's the deal. 
Uh, I think this is a special show. This is my tribute to the man. So I think we ought to let legal bygones be bygones here, and let's have a little fun. That's my disclaimer at the top of the show. Um, Extra special thanks to Chris for helping me get this show together as far as how do I get this audio onto my show? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, uh, no thanks to Chris. I mean, it was all me that for legal reasons. Okay, all right. So yes, we're playing audio from Dave's show, strictly and musically, and I hope nobody cares. Most people don't listen to the show anyway, and for those of you who do listen to the show, I thank you, and thank you for not telling on me. This is a tribute show. I make zero dollars off of it. Okay, disclaimers out of the way. Let's get to the music. I'm going to have Dave talk up most of these records, uh, so I barely have to work on this episode. And I'm going to play a couple of one-offs here that you're never going to hear on anything else, which is another reason why I wanted to do this show. Uh, but last year, whenever the Foo Fighters, and yes, I'm sure you know by now, Letterman, huge Foo Fighters fan. He even went on record saying his favorite song of all time was Everlong, if you don't know. Whenever Dave had his heart surgery a few years ago, he came back for his you know first episode back, and Foo Fighters played Everlong for him when they came back. If you haven't seen that clip, go look it up, because they're just killing it on there. I mean, Everlong's a great song anyway, but you can tell they're playing with such drive and wanting to do a good job for him. So I recommend to go look that up, because, you know, sometimes bands mail it in on talk shows. I think they do, uh, but great appearance. But I'm not going to play you that one. Back when they were promoting their new album, Strange Highways, uh, they went on and had a week-long residency on Letterman, and every night they did something different. Pretty much every night they did covers. And, you know, they, they did Bad Reputation with Joan Jett, and they did Kick It Out with Heart. I mean, some cool tunes. Uh, they did War Pigs with Zach Brown. Very strange, but uh, yeah. Those clips are out there for you to watch. But my personal favorite, Rick was on there with the band, and they're doing a cover of Cheap Tricks' Stiff Competition. Great song. They went that extra mile, though, and for a, to make it a great special appearance, Dave Grohl goes back to the drum set, and out of the drum set, they bring Taylor Hawkins right up front to sing lead vocals, and not only that, but Taylor actually threw on a white Robin Zander suit to sing it. So, how cool is that? Go watch the clip, of course, I recommend, on the official Late Show YouTube page, but until then, here is the Foo Fighters with Rick Nielsen with Taylor Hawkins on vocals doing Stiff Competition. Check this out. Our next guests are a fantastic rock and roll band whose new HBO series Foo Fighters, Sonic Highways, premieres tomorrow night at 11. <laughs> Joining them tonight, Cheap Tricks fame guitarist, songwriter, and founding member. Please welcome, with Rick Nielsen, Foo Fighters, everybody. <laughs>
about that? Rick, nice meeting you. Thank you very much. Very, very nice. Thank you. I don't know. You know, you can, uh, here's what you can do. You can spend the rest of your life driving up and down Broadway. You're never going to find anything this great. Good night, everybody. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that there. If you want to purchase the original version of Stiff Competition, make sure you pick up a copy of Cheap Tricks Heaven Tonight. Great classic album if you don't have it already, because, of course, you should. All right, uh, next performance here. This is another one-off that will never happen again, probably. And this is back, you know, me with a VCR and being a huge Kiss fan, even all the way back then when I was a teenager, Really happy with some of the appearances they were doing to promote the Kiss My Ass tribute album. They went on Leno and did Hard Look Woman with Garth Brooks. But by the time they got to New York, they had the Jim Blossoms in tow, or at least half of them. And it's Gene and Paul from Kiss doing uh, a cover of Christine 16, which of course Jim Blossoms do on that tribute album. So there's the extra special appearance right there. You got half of Jim Blossoms and Gene and Paul from Kiss. And they do Christine 16 on David Letterman. First and only time that's happened. So I, of course, VCR ready to record and got it. This isn't my VCR audio. It's actually off of some site that plays a lot of videos. But about the same, you know, this is where I get into the disclaimer. Some of the audio quality may vary from song to song here, but I hope you enjoy it for what it is. So here you go. This is Kiss and the Jim Blossoms doing Christine 16 on The Late Show with David Letterman. Our next guest revolutionized the use of facial makeup for rock and roll bands everywhere, and they are joined tonight by one of the many bands featured on their new CD. I have a copy of it right here. Ladies and gentlemen, here they are, Gin Blossoms and Kiss.
sir. Nice job. Thank you very much. It's Kiss and Gin Blossoms, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. There was Gene and Paul from Kiss with the Gin Blossoms doing Christine 16 on The Late Show with David Letterman. Round 1994, if I'm not mistaken. If you want to hear that version with the Jim Blossoms playing Christine 16, you can get on the Kiss My Ass tribute album. Or if you want the original Kiss version, of course, pick it up on the classic Love Gun record. All right. And, uh, you know, all these appearances here, a lot of them are, I think, pretty special, you know, historical, if you will. Uh, but sometimes they just have to be fun. And there's a lot of great musical appearances from Letterman that I, I truly really enjoy and sometimes they're just they're, they're not going to be on the show maybe the sound quality is a little bad on the clip so that's uh, it made it easy to cut some things uh, even though there were great appearances there was some really cool stuff like when the Ramones played their last TV appearance on there they did I don't want to grow up that's great but the clip sounds terrible actually when it aired it sounded terrible mix wise so it's not on here uh, when Green Day was on there in Los Angeles and they played 86, great performance of a really deep cut. Uh, I recommend going to look all these clips up. They're they're really fun to watch, especially. Another clip that's really fun to watch because there was actually some pyrotechnics involved. Uh, so much so that they set off the smoke alarms and the fire alarms and the fire department showed up afterwards. That This is true. They, they had uh, footage to prove it. Uh, but when White Zombie played... Uh, around 95 on there and like I said not earth-shattering other than that but I just really enjoyed the performance so that's why I'm gonna play it here so here's White Zombie on Letterman playing Supercharger Heaven one of my personal favorites right here on Rock Strikes 10. Here I have a copy of their million-selling album it's called Astro Creep 2000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen moms and dads and kids of all ages call the police here's White Zombie <laughs> I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen.
Alright, there you go. That was White Zombie. Probably one of their last television appearances before they broke up. Uh, the White Zombie part. Uh, that was Supercharger Heaven. Hope you enjoyed that. One of my favorite songs off of the album, Astro Creep 2000. If you don't have that record, definitely pick it up. High recommendation here from Rock Strikes 10. All right, just a year before that, around 1994 on Letterman's show, uh, I think this was the first ever talk show appearance by Megadeth, if I'm not mistaken. So I was really excited about this. Uh, so someone finally had the balls to put Megadeth on their show. And uh, the, the really cool thing about it for me, and I remember watching that night and taping it, was that the entire night Dave was real, uh, whether he was serious or not, or just you know tongue-in-cheek-wise, he was really putting over the fact that Megadeth was going to be there. So much so that every time he said Megadeth, the Megadeth logo would flash on the screen or come shooting out of the back and right to the front of the screen all 3D-like, and the band would start playing really loud, and he'd be like, oh my god, run for your lives, you know, stuff like that. So it was a really fun build-up. And that's what I like about Dave's humor, you know, whether he's being irreverent or not and, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, it, it's, it's still funny. You don't feel like he's making fun. You're just laughing with him. So that's how I feel about it, at least. But, yeah, they went on Letterman right at the beginning of promoting the Euthanasia record, actually a personal favorite Megadeth record of mine, and to do one of my favorite songs of theirs, Train of Consequences. And uh, a couple of notes about this particular appearance. Uh, yeah, I think D Dave kind of tanks the vocal on the first verse, but I think he picks it up at the end. The band is killer, by the way. Of course, this is the one of the classic Megadeth lineups. Dave and Dave Jr. and Marty and Nick, and they're just killing it. And, uh, you know, for those of you who are familiar with the song, Train of Consequences, you know that they had, like, a, at the time, metal harmonicus Jimmy Wood uh, on there to do the kind of train track stuff at the end of the song. Well, he's not there for the appearance, uh, but Paul Schaefer was, so you will actually hear Paul Schaefer performing with Megadeth at the very end there on harmonica. Of course, that was also, I should have noted, that was Paul playing the piano on Christine 16 on the uh, Kiss and Jim Blossoms track. So uh, you probably realize that, but I should have probably noted that right afterwards. But uh, all right, speaking of train wrecks, I'm in one right now. So let's hear Megadeth on Letterman doing Train of Consequences with Paul Schaefer cameoing at the end. So take it away, guys. And I'm actually, this clip, it's going to play you a montage of Dave doing crazy Megadeth stuff before the track because I'm leaving it on because I think it's funny. So here you go. Take it away, Dave. And Dave. And Dave. And I'm Mega Dave. So there, what are you going to do about Their brand new CD entitled Euthanasia is a headbanger's delight. Do me a favor, folks. Here they are, Megadeth. <laughs> Keep it up, we're 
All right, there you go, Megadeth, along with Paul Schaefer. How many times can you say that? Just that once. And that was Train of Consequences. I hope you enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed it as well. So there you go, Mega Dave. Yes, of course. I've always called Megadeth Mega Dave for the most part. So I love that if if you go look up that clip with that montage at the beginning, you will see a Mega Dave logo. And I'm surprised more people don't uh, Photoshop that when they talk about Megadeth. But anyway. Moving on here, let's pull back a little bit here. Of course, uh, we've done some of the metal. Now let's go into uh, some of my other personal favorites that may not be so metal, uh, but a frequent guest on Letterman, and one of those times where you know the band plays and you actually talk to the guy, which is kind of rare. They don't really talk to the rock stars that much on talk shows, which I think is wrong, but if someone's going to be uh, entertaining and enthralling and almost hypnotic at times, uh, one of the great music slash interview guys you can have on your show is the great iconic Tom Waits. So Tom's been on Letterman so many times. He's been going on since back in the NBC days. Uh, my personal favorite music performance is going to be the one I'm going to play, of course, on here. This is probably about three years ago when he was promoting Bad As Me, and he did a song called Chicago. Pretty awesome. And plus, uh, by the way, Tom's son Casey is going to be on the drums for this track. Uh, but I just think it sounds great. The band sounds great. Some nice backup by Paul Schaefer and the CBS Orchestra as well. So here is the great Tom Waits and Chicago. This is going to be good. You can tell by looking at him it's going to be good. Performing a song from uh, the new album Bad As Me. Here now, Tom Waits.
Right, there you go. That was Tom Waits with Chicago live on the Late Show of 2012. Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, pick up that song on the Bad as Me record. That's a great Tom Waits album for sure. You you could do a whole lot worse. He doesn't. I don't. He doesn't really have a bad record per se. Just maybe a little bit more weird than maybe you want to hear. But I don't think he has a bad record in his whole catalog. So, all right. Speaking of great songwriters and Tom Waits, one of my other favorite songwriters of all time. Uh, was Warren Zevon, and, you know, is, I guess, you know, even though he's passed on now, but uh, that's the whole thing, especially when it concerns The Late Show and, and David Letterman. Warren, also a very long time and frequent guest on Letterman's show, whether it was on NBC or CBS, Warren always on to promote his record, but also they just had great talks with each other on the show. You could tell that they actually really, really liked each other's company. Uh, mutual admiration society obviously but so there there's so many appearances you could go to and and watch great warren zevon clips on letterman so it's impossible to pick so i really think the obvious choice it's what i should go with uh, back when warren actually knew he was going to die and he let it be known that he was he uh when he was time to go on letterman of course they invited him right on and he got the whole hour you know they they interviewed him and then he played songs for the rest of the night. It was uh, one of the most amazing episodes of any television show ever, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. This this is one of the most important TV episodes I've ever seen of anything in my entire life. So if you haven't seen this entire episode, run, don't walk to hunt this down and watch it. It's 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 emotional, but uh, just get, it gives me chills. It's uh, so you have to see it. Here's a clip from it. And uh, it's it's funny because you can actually hear Warren kind of interacting with Dave as he's introing the track. So here's Warren Zevon, uh, one of my favorites, with one of my all-time favorite songs, Rolling the Headless Thompson Gunner. And I'll let Dave formally introduce it. So here you go for Warren. All right, now... I, I like to think that this uh, this next uh, song uh, is because of me. I li- this is my contribution to the show tonight, and, and I'll tell you how that happens. I begged him to do this song, so I feel like I've played a pretty important part in this. <laughs> this song also uh, appears on uh, Genius and they on... They know you uh, co-wrote it, right? <laughs> I w- boy, I wish. There was a little copyright. Could you make that happen? Many years ago, but... It's, uh, it's uh, one of our favorites. Uh, everybody, uh, I think, enjoys this song. We're happy to have it here live on the show tonight. It's uh, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, Warren Zevon. Fray. 
Classic Warren Zevon with Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. I can't encourage you enough to go pick up any of Warren's records. If you have nothing by him, because he's got a, a decently sized catalog, he was on there promoting his best of called Genius. So maybe you want to start there. Uh, I guarantee if you pick that up, you're going to want to get everything. So there you go. Well, Warren Zevon, rest in peace once again. All right, moving on here. And 
this is something that has been going on the last few years as far as the late show goes. He'll, he'll book a really good band or a really popular band, and we've moved beyond uh, on a lot of talk shows. Like Kimmel does this too. Uh, we've moved beyond just one and done as far as songs go, and, and a lot of times these bands will come on, they'll do extra songs, and now what they do, they do that as a means to you know kind of promote the YouTube page and get the hits out there, which is smart. And also, you know, you, you don't want to set, setting up a whole, an entire stage for one song, I think is really dumb. And, you know, the production value gets bigger as time goes on. So it's like, yeah, let's play more songs. So, you know, I played Kiss on here earlier. They actually, when they went on to promote Monster, they played like a whole mini concert. Like, I think it was at least six songs. So there's great footage of that you can find on the YouTube pages of the world. And, uh, you know, they've had Soundgarden do it and Foo Fighters do it. Uh, they did a whole black and white Ed Sullivan-esque concert for Letterman, which uh, that's great footage to go look up, you know, because, you know, The Late Show is recorded in the Ed Sullivan Theater, the old Ed Sullivan Theater. Uh, so, you know, just picking out of appearances such as this, there was a mini concert that Bon Jovi put on a few years ago and sounds really good. Uh, also kind of one of the last, you know, hurrahs with John and, and Richie. So at the time when all was right in the world of Bon Jovi land, they went on and did a mini set, mini concert there. And kind of, you know, maybe they do this live on their shows, but I thought this was really cool because I, I never saw this clip anywhere ever before except on Letterman. So this is Bon Jovi doing Bad Medicine, but they're going to throw a surprise cover at the end of the song. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Bon Jovi, an underrated live band in my opinion too, by the way. So here you go. Oh, my God. 
All right, throwing in a surprise cover of there of the Isley Brothers Shout. That was Bon Jovi with Bad Medicine and Shout live in the Letterman Studios there. I think that was one of the web exclusives, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were on there promoting one of their records, which I think it was for The Circle, but I kind of lost track, honestly. I'm not, I'm, I, I kind of live in those first five albums. Five, I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll be nice. Uh, I, I, I can give it pretty much all the way up until the end of Crush, and then I'm out. I, I've tried, but I, I just can't do it. Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, I think I'm more forgiving than most fans. You got me from the first album, basically until Crush. And maybe that's being a little extra nice, but hey, there you go. Of course, you can get Bad Medicine on the New Jersey album. That's a great record. So, all right. Back when, uh, you know, and, and this didn't really happen too often. Alice Cooper did not really play Letterman, I think, maybe just the one time. Uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, please let me know if there's any other appearance besides this. But when he was, he really didn't have anything to promote other than the box set, which is one of my favorite box sets of all time, The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. Went on, I think it was in 2000, 99 or 2000, something like that. He went on Letterman and uh, played No More Mr. Nice Guy, you know, and, Easy enough. That's a layup. Uh, this is pretty much performed entirely with Paul Schaefer and the CBS Orchestra backing him up, but he did bring along the great Ryan Roxy for lead guitar. So there you go. Alice, Ryan Roxy, and the CBS Orchestra doing No More Mr. Nice Guy. Great appearance, so go look it up, of course, and enjoy this. His new uh, four-CD box set is entitled The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Alice Cooper.
Cooper. We'll be right back, kids. All right, there you go. Some Alice Cooper with No More Mr. Nice Guy live on The Late Show with David Letterman. Good stuff there, good stuff. Let's give it up while we're thinking about it to Paul Schaefer. And back on the NBC days, it was the world's most dangerous band. And then uh, when they moved over to CBS, it was the CBS Orchestra. So, yeah, a little more tame, obviously. But I, I was I was definitely a big fan of the world's most dangerous band. And nothing against the orchestra, but, you know, mostly the same players, obviously. So, all right, speaking of those old NBC days, that's what we're going to close out the show with here for these last two performances. I think, and there were so many, and even like James Brown was on this NBC show, and like I said, I mentioned some other cool acts that I was a big fan of. X played on there, Jellyfish, XTC, so many, so many appearances. There's great appearances like Talking Wise of like Howard Stern and Bill Hicks that you can go watch, Bill Murray, people like that. And, uh, oh, but, uh, okay, before I get off on a tangent, let's get back to the music. Back in 1991, they actually had Motorhead coming on, uh, first talk show I remember seeing them on ever, and they come on the Letterman Show, and they're promoting 1916, uh, but they do it by not playing a song from 1916. That's that's pretty punk rock, wouldn't you say? Uh, and Letterman was always kind of a victim of the CD long box. Uh, sometimes the long box wouldn't have the title printed very well on the box. So Dave's just left to guess. I guess the album is just called Motorhead. So that always makes me laugh. Uh, but it's actually just Lemmy and Phil. And they're on there uh, with Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous band. And they're like, hey, let's just do a Chuck Berry song. So here's Motorhead. And or at least Lemmy and Phil of Motorhead with the world's most dangerous band doing Chuck Berry's Let It Rock. Check this one out. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been chatting about them all evening now. Get ready, hang on to something. They have a uh, brand new album out here uh, called uh, Motorhead is the name of this album. And... And now, here they are, uh, doing Chuck Berry's uh, Let It Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, Motorhead. Oh, wow. 
There you go. That was Lemmy and Phil representing Motorhead with the world's most dangerous band doing Chuck Berry's Let It Rock on the Late Night with David Letterman Show. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. If you've never heard that before, I hope you especially enjoyed that. Go check out the clip. It's a lot of fun. And, all right, speaking of great clips, uh, it's, I think it's apropos to end with this. This was the last musical performance on the NBC show back when he was making the transition to CBS after the summer season. And uh, I remember watching that show, and he seemed like, you know, sad to go, happy to go to a place where, you know, obviously CBS was all happy to treat him well after he was wronged by NBC because Dave definitely should have gotten the Carson job for sure. Uh, That's my opinion. So, But he's not as good politically as Leno is. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Back to that last NBC show. Bill Murray is the interview guest, and Dave is all excited because uh, the one guest he really wanted to come on and never did finally shows up. So if you know who it is, of course you know who it is, but for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to let Dave intro it. And a little programming note on this track, I actually did the clip job here. So I took this from two different clips. Uh, because I thought the bulk of the end here sounded better. So the intro is going to be very trebly, but then the mix kind of kicks in with bass and treble right after the beginning of the first riff. And for some reason, the clip I found the better audio on, the first riff is kind of cut off at the beginning. So that's why I did it this way. I hope it doesn't ruin your enjoyment of this clip. I did the best I could. So all hate mail goes to me, and any legal papers do not go to me. All right. Check out this clip, and I'll uh, outro it, and we'll say goodbye after this. Hope you enjoy it. Sit back. This is going to be about eight minutes. <laughs> you know, as I said at the beginning of the program, when you have a situation like this, kind of a, uh, a uh, I don't know, a decision, a point in your career where things change, you, you can't help but to become a bit reflective and uh, people do ask you things like uh, do you have any regrets are you sorry about anything uh, are there guests uh, that you wish uh, you could have had on and I was thinking about that and I believe honestly in about eleven and a half years that we've been on this program there is I think really only one person who has not been on this show who I always really really wanted as a guest really who is one it? person in eleven and a half years and happily uh, all of that changes here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So, better late than never, please welcome Bruce Springsteen. 
If, if I had known that, I'd have gotten on the piano years ago. Great to have you here. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. It's a terrific oh, thrill for me. I really, really can't tell you how much this means to me. Good to see you. I, hey, I am Mr. Rock and Roll, aren't I? All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. That was Bruce Springsteen showing up to say bye to Letterman on his NBC farewell. Doing some glory days there. Just Bruce and the world's most dangerous band backing him up. And uh, to make that just a little bit funnier, Dave references the uh, the table, uh, the, the top of the keyboard console. Uh, Bruce, at one point, actually, when they're jamming at the end, he actually gets on top and starts dancing on it with the guitar. So it was a great moment. So hope you enjoyed that. Of course, anything you especially liked here on the show, go look it up and experience it for all it's worth, the audio and the visual, because that's definitely what it's all about. I'm just here to maybe hip you to some of this. And, you know, even if you never watched a Stitch of Letterman before, I hope you go do some online now, because it's a great legacy of television, and I hope he's very proud and all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to miss you, Dave. It won't be the same without you. So I think any music show definitely should have given it up for him. And I'm going to be that person. So that all being said, I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. Please go to rockstrikes10.cnjradio.com. You're going to find the links to all the shows on here, even the ones that iTunes have kicked off. And there's the links to the Facebook and the Twitter and all that good stuff at rockstrikes10. Spell it all out, one word. And rockstrikes10, spelling it out on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I've got some plans for future episodes. Not quite sure what the next one's going to be, but please stay tuned. Tell your friends, like-minded people, and your friends that have bad taste in music, you're all welcome to listen to Rock Strikes 10 weekly. Let's just say it's weekly, right? Uh, yeah, wink, wink. Uh, please subscribe. All that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, the show's going on a little long. You might see that we have more time on the runtime here than you, than, like, wait, he's just about to play the outro song. We'll just, yeah, maybe don't turn it off right away. And not just because of the outro song, which is great in itself, but, you know, that's all I'm saying. Just, just hang out for a little bit. Maybe, maybe I'll come back or maybe you'll just have something extra to listen to. So before I get out of here, special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for supplying the great outro song. Love it, love it, love it. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband. Tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. They got a new album coming out soon, so keep your eyes on that. All right. As I toss my 8x10 card out the window, I'll say have fun. That was very enjoyable. Thank you, Dave. How have you been? Good? Good, good. good. Me, now, now, I notice you have, uh, a, a lot of times when people have uh, this much music, they'll have like a double CD or something. All right. But, but you uh, have published, you have released two separate CDs. They're separate, yeah. yeah and, I, uh, and what is, 
What is the philo- what is the strategy behind that? Well, now if it was a good idea, I guess I'll take credit for it, and if it turns out not to be a good idea, I guess I'll blame it on somebody else. Well, that's I, good. That's, that's the American way, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I wonder, will there be a possibility? Will people will say, "Oh, I'll take this Tom Waits album and not that Tom Waits album," and one might do better than the other? Whereas if they were together, everybody wins. I think you should get both, myself. Oh, you think you should I, get both? I, I think you should. <laughs> you know. Is it? Is there a is there a different uh, musical theme to each one? They, Both they are completely unique and different uh, from each other. We but we had a lot of dough and we figured we'd make. <laughs> we'd well, make why not? Two. So it's like putting out two books. They're both completely separate. Exactly. They don't necessarily complement one another, but well, stand on their own individually. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. <laughs> well, that's just fantastic. Uh, Family good? How's the family? Family's great. Good. You know, I um, I do field trips now. Uh, I, well, I drive on field trips. I, uh, I don't know. The children seem to like me as a driver. I. Uh, well, that's, that's important. That's key. I have a lot of room in the car, and uh, I take the turns really fast. And I, uh, just scream. And, they find that entertaining? They love that. The radio's on full blast. Uh-huh. And what kind of places do you go on your field trips? Well, you know, the most interesting one was, was that uh, we took all these kids. Now, I'm talking about 30 kids to a music store. And I figured, well, okay, I'll drive on that. And then I, we got there. And, I, and I'm kind of standing over by the pianos. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get recognized any minute sure. now. And then I decided to move over by the percussion uh-huh. and, uh, and found an interesting lighting situation. <laughs> You're ready uh, to go. I'm ready. Yeah. Ready for, aren't you that guy? <laughs> Nothing. Really? I went over by the guitars and I waited. Nothing. I was a little let down. Yeah, I would think so. A week later, they asked me to drive on another field trip. This time they're going to the dump. <laughs> well, it's recycling yeah, and I all that yeah 12 guys surrounded my car there's nothing wrong with that everybody knows me <laughs> yeah at the dump well sure <laughs> why don't you uh just uh, I'm, I'm curious about uh, early early jobs uh, for you what they were like what kind of places you started in and uh, memorable interesting experiences that you had well you know when you're the opening act for large groups mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like a rectal thermometer you're going out there <laughs> well i'll, I'll yeah. take your word for that well <laughs> you're taking the temperature of the I of see. the audience I see. <laughs> sorry sorry I understand. Uh, uh, So it's... You get used to being in that position. Yeah. yeah. uh, But uh, actually, one of the most interesting was uh, Buffalo Bob that I opened for. For for, for Howdy Doody Buffalo Bob? The same guy. Wow. (laughs) He was making a big comeback. Uh He was working matinees in small clubs and... uh, there we were, me, we were. And, me and Bob. But would, would, would people recognize him at the dump? I don't think so. I don't know. 
Uh, we are, we're lucky here. We got not one but two uh, great collections of uh, Tom Waits' uh, new music. Good, good for you, and good, uh, good to see. You. And thank you very thank much. You, for being here. Thank Tom you, Tom Waits, everybody. That's it. My thanks. To everybody.